I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to Music In My Life with me, Laura Wright. It's the show where we talk about the music we love so much, our relationship with that music and the role it plays in our life. What is it about music that taps into our emotions and why does it make us feel a certain way? Today's guest on Music In My Life is an award-winning saxophonist and broadcaster. Yolanda Brown has won not one, but two MOVO Awards and also being the first to win the award two years running, which has never been done before. Her BBC series, Yolanda's Band Jam, has inspired and educated children all over the country, as well as her own new album and the newest single from that album, which is called Something About That Noise. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about that today. I'm really excited about that. She is chair of Youth Music, a BBC teacher ambassador and patron of the London Music Fund. So it's clear to see that she is incredibly passionate about bringing music into young people's lives. And she also regularly presents on BBC Radio 2, Radio 4 and Jazz FM. Yolanda, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really well, really well. I'm glad to be here. Oh, good stuff. And we were talking about um, how we met just before we started recording. We were, I had the absolute pleasure of being invited by your good self onto the uh, BBC show Yolanda's Band Jam about talking all about the voice. And I remember just... It was so much fun, like the energy of not only yourself and the band that you have with you, but the children as well. And it was just so much fun. And we, of course, both of us were quite like a little bit pregnant then. Is that how we say it? (laughs) I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Well, no, first of all, the kids absolutely loved you. And um, of course, your beautiful voice, but they just engaged with you so well. And um, I know people don't usually think of the voice as an instrument, but you literally cemented that into everybody's knowledge after having you. It was really, really lovely. And then, yeah, I was so touched when, like, sort of after recording, you said, I'm actually expecting. And I was like, oh my gosh, so am I. (laughs) And um, and to think how big the babies are now. I know. (laughs) And also, you know, the fact that 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 was your, is that, that was your second, wasn't it? Please tell me it gets easier after the first. I, I, you know what? I'm going to say yes. Let's just put it out there. Let's Thanks. just think positive. <laughs> Although, honestly, my um, oldest is six and uh, now my new daughter's nine months and I've forgotten so much. I just, I keep finding things that I'd saved from the first time around. I was like, what? Why did I do this? And why have I kept it kind of thing? <laughs> um, so yeah, it does change. I won't even lie. It's like a whole new experience this time around. 
Oh, I love that. But, uh, you know, and I suppose it's a little bit belated, but congratulations, because obviously since, you know, that's all happened, we've had such a strange year. And I wonder for you, are you missing that kind of um, period of time where you were in that studio with children and live music? Are you missing that at the moment? I I have I am missing the filming yeah because we had it in the diary for June um this summer and then we pushed it back to sort of September pushed it back again to November and now at the moment we're working with a February date and I, I have missed it so it is a highlight of my year we're in there for um, 10 days, knock out 20 episodes, but the amount of children that go through, we have 90 kids in the audience each show. And um, it's just lovely to to feel that knowledge and them just enjoying live music. Um, but no, between us, I haven't missed the touring element though. <laughs> I have to say, I've actually loved just being home for a moment, um, just being able to nest with the girls and just be just be a family and be home. We're always on the road and always touring. So um, I am slightly refreshed that we've been able to have this enforced maternity leave that wasn't in the diary when this year started. Definitely. I completely agree. I think, you know, we talk, I've talked to a lot of my guests about those little silver linings of lockdown and, and everything that's come out of it. That's been positive, you know, rather than staying on the sort of negative course, which can easily happen at the moment, I think, you know, um, and tell me you've been, you've been inspired, you know, by the children that you've been able to, to educate all about music and all about different genres of music and different ways of performing. And that's, am I right in thinking that's been an inspiration? in this this new album of yours too tell me about that exactly that it's wonderful to be able to make tv you know and to know that in people's living rooms around uh, around the nation and, and around the world as well they can tap in and just be a part of the band jam but the amount of times I was asked oh but when is the album coming out you should make an album of the songs you know um so finally um I've I've that is happening. I've just signed to Sony Magic Star, which is a beautiful label all about uh, music and families and and young people, which is beautiful. And so we've now finished the album and it, the full album is due out in January. And the first single, Something About That Noise, which I've had the pleasure to be able to perform in different uh, situations as well. We were playing the Royal Festival Hall at the beginning of this year here in London, um, but also we, we performed it at the BBC Summer Social. And just to see the audience up and in a festival vibe, dancing and singing to this song, um, I'm so glad that people can now do that in their living rooms, in their own festivals, in their living rooms. I love that so much. It's so exciting. And so before we kind of move into the different pieces of music that have sort of shaped your life, let's go back a little bit because for people who don't know, obviously, you know, I've mentioned some of the incredible accolades that you have yourself as a performer, but before you started playing the saxophone, you know, you were kind of on a different trajectory in terms of where you were um, doing some sort of PhD and masters. And then you suddenly decided to kind of give it a go in the music world. So what happened? What, what changed? your mind and and how you know what inspired you to make that decision so I think it's really inspirational oh bless you no I know you just never know where life takes you and I think that's always my message to people is that always leave a window open a door open because you never know when your direction will just surprise you and um, you know music has been there growing up very early I played the piano at age six found the um played the drums and the violin in between and found the saxophone at age 13 um but I think sort of throughout 
even having sort of great access to lovely teachers, I still decided to go it alone and, you know, just play for myself in my room and never saw music as a career per se. I just saw it as a very therapeutic hobby, which I absolutely love just playing for myself in my room. And um, so continued the natural progression of, of education um, through GCSEs, A-levels, and then went to university to study management science because uh, I loved business and math. I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. I think in my my mind, racing driver was what I really oh, wanted to be. If someone had that would be me, incredible. I love <laughs> I that. wanted to be a Formula One racing driver, but you know, it always sounded a bit strange because like, oh, so do you race? No. Uh, do you go to like racing <laughs> school? No. So why do you want to, you know? So I hardly actually said it growing up, but anytime we went to the go-karts or anything like that, I loved it. And I could just feel that I had a sort of a natural, um, talent or a natural just bond to to driving. Uh, so anyway, went to university to study management science. Um, when I finished that undergraduate master's, um, I still didn't feel like I was finished with the research that I'd done. And, you know, through that undergraduate master's, I lived a year in Spain and studied business out there and came back and then wanted to continue on and do a PhD in management science and extend my thesis. Um, so that was really, really um, a big decision to make. And I thought, right, I'm going to go and study for four more years. I did a master's in methods of social research, carried on to my PhD. And all this time, you know, the saxophone was always there. You know, I always, I took it to Spain with me, went to a couple of jam sessions. It was a lovely way to meet people. And uh, during the summer of starting my PhD, I joined a band uh, here in London. And um, during the summer, we you know we had loads of gigs and as a student earned a little bit of extra money. Uh, but then uh, when it got into September, the band fell away and the manager said, I could, I could manage you as a solo artist. I had no idea what that meant, but I just thought, well, if I get to keep playing, get to keep doing gigs and I can study at the same time and teach undergraduate business as well, then, you know, I'm, I'm doing all the things I love. But before I knew it, I'd made my own band around me and uh, started recording music that I had written. And then the touring obviously starts to progress just very organically. And before I knew it, sort of three years into the PhD, I was actually spending more time on tour than I was at university. I'd literally fly in to either deliver a lecture or to um, sort of showcase uh, some of my research at a conference and then fly back out again and be back on stage. And uh, in my fourth year, I had to make the very tricky decision uh, to go go and follow music full time and you know the MOBO would come by then and I just thought if if I don't do it now there won't be another wave to to get on to and um, a couple of months after sort of making a decision to give up the PhD I got an honorary doctorate from the University of East London um, for my contribution to music so if ever I needed a sign that I'd made the right decision (laughs) that was was the one you know go and get it (laughs) yeah that was my next question I was like and was it that moment when you won you know a casual MOBO award or you know that (laughs) those kind of things are just incredible but I think it's so wonderful to hear that you know you you were on a path and you kept just like you said you kept those doors open and I think so often when we're um I remember when I was younger you actually I've I remember that feeling of thinking well you've got to choose one thing Mm, you know and and if that doesn't work out what next and I actually think you know probably a lot of young people now around the country are quite worried about that considering everything that's going on and that can be quite scary so I just think it's so lovely to hear your story and how how you've 
learn music in such an organic way like you say it's just it's brilliant it is lovely and I think that's the main thing keep those hobbies alive and keep those dreams alive now when when I released my first album I went on to BBC Breakfast and my first music video was my opportunity to get into a racing car a single seater racing car for the first time so I filmed it in a Formula 3 um, no way I have oh my god I need to do this that sounds amazing (laughs) just as I got off the set my manager got an email from Ron Dennis's um, office uh, who was the owner of McLaren at the time saying that he wanted me to play at his uh, birthday party and uh, he brought me on stage as the Lewis Hamilton of the jazz world and before (laughs) I knew it I'd met loads of racing teams and I'm now working on my racing license so I never ever give up on that dream (laughs) I was literally gonna say I was like okay so the next career is a racing oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. definitely although (laughs) never too late too late it's never too late at all although as, as a mum you'll understand this now having children it's like all of a sudden I understand my responsibilities and as soon as I got back in a car I sort of clammed up for the first time when sort of going towards my first corner at speed and the instructor's like what's happening there then I said I don't know I, I just all of a sudden just felt at e- uneasy and um, I think it was now having responsibilities has changed my uh, the way my brain works a bit so I've had to tackle that. Yeah, I completely get that though. It does. It definitely there's definitely a shift there, whether you want it to happen or not. Or I think not. you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have a choice in that one. Um, and let's talk about you know obviously growing up as well. In terms of we talked a little bit about your your path into music and how mm. kind of unique that was. But in terms of music being part of your life, you know yeah. overall, and I know it's such a big question to ask, but has it always been there, or has it been sort of moments in your life that music's kind of come in and out? It's always been there. It honestly has. I think not as necessarily a player. My my parents love music. My dad has an amazing vinyl collection with every genre under the sun, and um, just there either in vinyl, um, vinyl, vinyls or tapes or you know. And um, we used to listen to everything. Both my parents are from Jamaica, so we had reggae, skia. Uh, then we went to classical opera. I went to see Ilanthi as my first opera, um, which later on I realised meant Yolanda. I don't know if my dad knew that at the time. Um, but yeah, getting just to experience different different genres and live as well. My dad loves Latin music, um, anything from Cuba or from Mexico. Um, and so every single genre, I just remember hearing it, you know, Saturday mornings uh, when we were all doing our chores and tidying up the house after a long week, there was always music playing. And even now, um, there's always music playing here and at home, uh, here in my home and also at my parents' home. Um, and I think that that's wonderful. And I think that's what inspired me as I'm writing or um, want to introduce my audience to something new I always delve back into those memories really. And do you find you know with your children as well now you're sort of constantly probably subconsciously in fact educating them in music and is it playing in the house all the time because I I think that's something I didn't realize quite how much music I would have on until I had a child I was like god I'm really singing and and playing music the entire time let's hope she liked my voice you know. (laughs) I'm sure she does she's very a very lucky girl. Well she doesn't have a choice to see but you know. (laughs) Uh, But no there's always music playing and for me it's equally as important that it's all genres and um, interestingly enough my six-year-old is an absolute mega fan she's part of the army for the k-pop band bts and yeah we went to wembley stadium to watch them and she just absolutely loves k-pop who would have known um me too actually i'm I'm a a big fan of them as well now Uh, but we listen to everything including you know now she's singing along in spanish to some songs she's definitely singing along in korean she loves pop she loves jazz and um 
I think that is really, really nice. Um, and she's proud of it too, which I think is something that we should always um, make our children understand that whatever you like, whatever your choice is or what resonates with you, be proud of that. Don't think that you have to hide it, you know? Yeah, definitely. I remember my parents saying that to me. They were like, whatever you want to do, do it to the best of your ability. And that yeah. is good enough. You know, yeah. I think it's such a lovely thing to keep with you. Um, so obviously, as you know, I ask my guests, um, we'll give you eight questions and you've chosen four of those questions and oh, four yeah. songs. So we're going to jump into this first choice of yours. It's a song which always cheers you up. I love this version of this song. Um, I also love the movie that it's from. So tell me a little bit about why um, this Tori Kelly version of Don't You Worry About a Thing means so much to you. Why does it put a smile on your face? Oh, it really does. I mean, the Stevie Wonder version put a smile on my face anyway. And, you know, I, I remember growing up with the Motown sounds sort of in in and around the family all the time but then uh, when I watched Sing for the first time I don't even think I watched it with my daughter at first um, I just watched it um, at home and really just was taken by how how they've kept so true to the music but yet amped it up even more and I think that was also a, a great inspiration to me of how we don't have to baby down music for young people to listen to let them feel the full genre and let them hear a lovely vocal let them hear it um and so uh, this version of don't you worry about a thing I didn't know it was Tori Kelly singing at the time but in the movie that is the sort of the almighty climax moment and you just get the goose pimples you see you know these animal characters jumping up and down and it was a very shy character that that sang this eventually and um, it was her moment just to build that confidence and really sing out and um, so that story in itself was really inspirational uh, then of course as a musician I'm there typing away who sang it who sang it and um, now it's just on our playlist all the time we've since uh, watched it again over lockdown with my six-year-old and she absolutely loves the whole soundtrack but we listen to this and it cheers us up no end. Um, I don't know how many times they transpose, they go up and up and up and the instrument, instrumentation is amazing. Um, but yeah, it gives me goose pimples every single time. I love it. Absolutely love it. I We have it on a lot as well, the film, but also the um, on the soundtrack, there's the auditions track as well, which has, yes. you know, goes, for, it's like a massive medley of every single genre and song you could imagine. I just it's love brilliant. having that. Yeah, super loud and singing away to it. I think it's great. Um, and you say, you know, obviously, yeah, the story of of uh, Mina, the character That's from it, Sing, Mina. the movie. Yeah, she's so, she is, she's incredibly shy. She doesn't get the opportunity to perform until almost sort of towards the end of the yeah. movie. It's only by chance. And I think, you know, that's something, again, that is, like you say, it's so inspirational for people. And I think also for you and I as musicians, mm. you know, it, I, I couldn't personally say from experience I still get nervous now and I suppose is that is that the same for you you know it doesn't matter how long you've been performing it's yeah. still something that you know you get nervous going on stage exactly and you know I really had to tap into that emotion to see what was it is it nerves and I, for me it was actually sort of the fear of people not understanding what I'm trying to say or what I'm trying to do. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, for her as well, that was, uh, for Mina, the character, that was a, a big deal. And uh, she just thought, well, will, will people like it? And, you know, her family were always behind her. She used to sing loads at home. Um, but, you know, when you then get out in front of the public and in front of people you don't know, you just think, oh, are they going to like me? Are they going to want to hear this? Uh, but, you know, every single time, if you are yourself, people will gravitate, to, will gravitate towards that. They don't mind um, really if it's something new but as long as it's honest and true I find that people really do gravitate to, towards that a lot more 
Definitely. Let's have a little listen to some of Don't You Worry About a Thing by Tori Kelly. Here it comes. Don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing, baby. Because I'll be standing on the side when you check it. Oh. Don't you worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing. Yes. <laughs> it is but I think also you know from I'm obviously as a singer speaking to a musician and an instrumentalist for you do you do you pick apart do you listen to you know the kind of big band sound oh, yeah. do you pick apart the instruments when you listen to something absolutely. like that absolutely and I think that's what got me I mean the vocal is beautiful and you know the riffs that she goes into my, watching my daughter sing along to some of those riffs on that just makes me laugh but actually the <laughs> horns in there the percussion um you know that latin influence for me is just it's really a really good way to interpret what was already a fantastic track yeah definitely and like you say you know the kind of original Stevie Wonder track is so still so iconic now and his yeah. music it spans so many generations musicians of all ages have been influenced by him and I mean he's only what just turned 70 I think yeah. it's like you know there's still more to do and I think that's always incredibly inspiring as well to see people um you know kind of cross genre and cross generational inspiration in terms of music is really I think such an exciting thing absolutely and- I was also going to say as well, if you are now a fan of Tori Kelly, because I also, like you, didn't realise it was her singing. She's just released a Christmas album like two days ago. Oh, fantastic. I I tell you, she's done really well to actually come into different genres and just sort of pick up audiences as she goes along. Because I first encountered her doing uh, uh, gospel tracks. I have a gospel show on uh, British Airways in flight. And um, she actually had a song with Kirk Franklin, one of the most known gospel singers out there. And I thought... Tori Kelly again (laughs) she's coming into all of my different networks here it was meant to be it's it's meant meant to be be. it's the law of attraction so there's some hopefully some like festive favorites on her Christmas album we'll be dancing away to as well great um so let's move on to this next piece of music this is um talk about latin influence as well a song that reminds you of good times or you've put your driving hype song which now yolanda i understand (laughs) after you've explained that you're going to be the next lewis hamilton i get it now (laughs) i mean listening to this yeah tell me about this song and shinyon and a band and and everything because i just i've never heard music like this i think it's amazing oh i tell you this track malagin Yasarosa by Xinyong is just beautiful, just in terms of the music itself. Um, and it's a very popular song. I think this song has been covered over 200 times. There's so many different versions out there. And I first heard this uh, watching Kill Bill. It's a bit of a trend going on here. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the music really does move me and it just pulls me in. I have to look at the soundtracks afterwards. Um, but this one um, on the Kill Bill soundtrack, which is a, it's a different one for me because I'm not really a, I can't take gore and things like that, you know, uh, but I do love that film. And so I, I remember putting it onto um, 
my playlist and uh, driving. I used to study at the University of Kent. And so I used to drive up and down, up and down from London to Kent, sometimes twice in a day, if I had to do something musical in London and then get back for a lecture. Um, And I did actually live in Canterbury at the time, but just always moving back and forth. And so this was the song that would get me there and get me back on repeat. And and, um, it's got this wonderful falsetto element to it. And of course, I lived in Spain for a year. I studied Spanish. I, I speak Spanish as well. I love the lyrics. It's a wonderful love song um, from uh, to, from a man, to, a poor man to a wonderful lady from Malaga saying, you know, I, I don't have riches, but I just think you're so beautiful and you're, you're as pure as a rose. There's so many wonderful lyrics in there. But then the way that Chignon's uh, uh, arranged this uh, has a, there's a very long E. Um, there's a line that says, eres linda y hechicera and uh, eres li and it just keeps going and so I just love that taking a breath it's very cathartic take a breath and just sing along to this for as long as you can and um, by yeah by a couple of years of of singing along to this song I I think I actually expanded my lung capacity uh, (laughs) which I have to thank them for Um, but also singing along to the guitar part as well I just can't get enough of this song and now anybody that's in my car that drives with me for a long period of time has to listen and and sing along. And that includes my band because in the very early days, I used to drive the tour bus. So <laughs> Did you? And you love driving I that love much. Driving you drive that a much. tour bus. <laughs> I know. I was, I, we were on tour with The Temptations and I, we pulled up. I drove from London to Scotland and pulled up in Glasgow and um, Otis Williams, the leader of The Temptations, was just happened to be outside and he was just shaking his head at the guys because the whole band of, of, of guys and then me at the front driving. He said, guys, I can't believe you got her driving you all the way from London. <laughs> but I said, no, no, this is not their fault. I just love to drive. <laughs> I love this. We need to go on a drive together without the without oh, the babies, yeah. and then we can oh, listen yes. to this song. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not gonna be shown up here for my pronunciation. So I'm Yolanda, I'm gonna get you to introduce this one. You can uh, you can name the, the piece of music, sing as your flute. No problem at all. <laughs> this <laughs> Uh, so this is the song that reminds me of good times. It is my driving hype song. This is Malagueña Salerosa by Chingon. We got the note. We got the note. We got the note. I know. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Yeah, it's really, really good. I think also with that piece of music, when I was listening to it, it's, it is a real mix of genres, but I don't feel like either of the genres has been compromised, you know? Yes. And I think it weirdly, it works, not weirdly, it works really well because, who you know, Robert Rodriguez, who's, who scored the film and, you know, it's a Quentin yeah. Tarantino film. They work together so often that I think, you know, clearly it just was something that worked so well. And oh, yeah. I, 
I always wonder with these things as well in terms of when you're scoring a film when I always want to ask those people you know what comes first is it the music <laughs> that they heard first or is it the images that they see and and I know you know with animation as well we've talked about seeing the movie as well and yes. how that all kind of comes together and I wonder you know how he was inspired in that way but it's it's really interesting to me that that mix of genres works so well and I know you're someone who like you say you know you've just grown up with so many different genres of music yeah. when you choose music that you're going to perform how, how do you how do you go about that do you choose music that works for the saxophone or do you choose it because you just you love it yeah a bit of both actually and I think uh, through the years I've gone on a bit of a journey at the start um you know I am self-taught on the saxophone so I, I used to play what I thought the audience wanted to hear and because the saxophone is is akin to jazz then people would want to hear jazz and you know my set list was very sort of jazz standardy um but actually later on and I it actually happens a bit more after I had my first daughter, I just thought I can only be me. And, you know, as a parent, you have to be forthright in your choices and confident in your choices. If somebody says, oh, you know, you shouldn't really do that. He said, no, it's my child and I'm going to do, do what's best for them. And I know them the best, you know, and you do get that a lot. And that kind of transcended into my music a bit. And I thought, no, my natural rhythm is reggae, actually. And I love soul music. So actually, I'm going to mix reggae, soul and jazz. And that's going to be my genre. And uh, when people come to a Yolanda Brown concert, they will get to know what that feeling is, rather than me try to, you know, fit into what I think people might want to hear. And then from that, I just feel so much more liberation on stage. I could play anything then. You know, if I hear a song on the radio and I think, oh, that's really nice. I'll rearrange it in, in a style that works for the band and works for the instrumentation. And I just find that so wonderful that I could perform anything. If I go on tour to another country, I could take a folk song that I've heard there and incorporate it into my set. And so for us then, it keeps the job really, really um, fresh and new and no two gigs are the same, which is good because sometimes I meet people say, oh, this is my seventh gig this year and I'm like oh gosh did I, did I change the set list up enough uh, but it's nice to know that um, you can just be free within music and as long as you're happy within it people will then be able to gravitate towards uh, what you're trying to say. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think um, in some ways, sadly, there are some genres and I think classical music can get yeah. caught up in that where things are still sort of seen to be done in, in a certain way. And mm. that is the right way. And that's it. There's no other sort of option, as it were. But but I also think, you know, what you're talking about as well is keeping music current. And that's yeah. so important. We talked about, you know, a cover of a Stevie Wonder song. Keeping that music alive is so important. And I feel... Well, I, th I don't know if you feel the same, but I think it's quite empowering as well because it then becomes about your interpretation as an artist. Yes. And then that's what becomes your legacy, if you like. And I suppose, you know, you're um, someone who's, yeah, works in TV and you're showing, you know, younger generation, educating them about music. So I think it's it's actually really important, isn't it? That you feel it like is. you're you're the one with that control and that power. And I, I suppose the music industry can sometimes be a, a bit confusing like that. I wonder, do you agree? Yeah, no. Oh, exactly that. And I think that's something I always say to up and coming artists as well, is to find your unique selling point. You could sing the same set list to somebody else, but what makes your particular performance and your particular delivery different and something new that people will want to hear more of? And by doing that, then they'll want to get to know you. And, you know, 
people from different schools of thought, but now to be an artist or be a musician, you don't just perform. There's social media, there's elements of interview. People want to actually get to know you and, and what you do sometimes just off stage. Sometimes people are more interested in, you know, what have you done before getting to stage than actually what you've done on the stage. And so you need to think about that whole package and what are you trying to say and what's the message that you're trying to, to give over to the audience. 
also though, when I think of love and I, I do think as a mum, you know, and I think about that feeling, that unconditional love that we have. I have it, yes, for my husband too. And I have it for, for my children. And uh, this song kind of transcends all of that. I was trying to find a song that would encompass all of it. And uh, I remember being, I played on a, a cruise ship. I flew on just to do two two shows or two concerts on on a cruise ship from that was going from Southampton to New York and so when we got to New York um luckily I was there with my husband we decided to tack a couple of days on this is about two two or three years ago and um my husband was a massive fan of PJ Morton um and he was playing at the Brooklyn Bowl so we decided to go have a bit of a date night which doesn't happen so regularly anymore and so we went bowling and then afterwards PJ Morton came on stage and it was just such a wonderful gig uh not just musically but also for us we just felt like we were kids again you know um and he's got such an engaging presence on stage and they they played this song and um uh, yeah as always go back and then try and relive that moment via via the uh via streaming and uh, try and play the song again and it's just meant so much to us and then uh, when my daughter was born just recently I remember being in the hotel room and um I'm thinking gosh you know touring is coming and all the rest what a big year we've got and just to sum up that emotion I just had to get my earpods out and have a listen to this song um and uh, now we sing it to to the kids all the time and did it did it feel the same listening to it in headphones, I wonder, as it did when you were there live? Were you able to kind of go there in your mind as well? This was interesting because he's got lots of different versions. So he has a album called Gumbo um, and it's a, a wonderful album, studio album. But then he went on and did a live version. So this is the live unplugged version that you're about to to play and he brought Yerba into the session to to sing on on the track with him and I just think that there is something special about a live performance that you just can't get when you're in a studio setting and um, of course there's videos of it so you can watch it on YouTube and you just feel like you're there and I think that's the closest that I can get to that uh, that moment when we were in concert. I love that. Let's have a little listen to some of this amazing, wonderful track, How Deep Is Your Love, PJ Morton featuring the artist Yebba. Breaking us down when they all should let us be. We belong to you and me. I believe in you. Yeah. And the door to my very soul. I love it. Yeah, I've got tingles again. I know. I have to say, I mean, I went down the rabbit hole of well, uh, listening to everything I could yes. once I'd listened to this song, and and it's just, I mean, but when you hear it in that live version, then you hear people reacting to yeah. the way that she's singing and the vibe of the music in that room, and that is for me, like I. I just love talking about it so much and I miss that live performance element so much because it is like no other. And people will say often as well, if you do a performance, you're like, that was just the best, you know, that's the best I've ever sung that or performed that. And they're like, why? And you're like, I don't know. It was just that room with those people in that moment. And you know what as well, I'm sure, I don't know if you're the same, but sometimes I might have sung a completely, you know, bum note in that performance, but it didn't matter because it was just real. And I feel like her, 
their voice is so real and raw and beautiful that I feel like that's what makes it emotional and and what a gorgeous story that you have alongside that track as well so wonderful exactly that and I know that you know sometimes British audiences we're quite reserved you know and we sit down listen to the track and then clap afterwards and listen to the next track clap afterwards and I actually always start my concerts with a little bit of a disclaimer to say look imagine I've just come around to your house this is this is my living room now, or this is your living room, whichever works for you. Just feel free. If you want to get up and dance, dance. If you want to shout, shout. You want to ask me a question, ask me a question if it's an intimate enough venue. And funnily enough, when you go to the States and you see uh, that sort of um, scenario where, you know, it's a, a nice intimate audience, you will hear people say, you sing, man. Ah, oh, you go, man. And that is what it's yeah. like. And I just love that that's on the record there. You can really hear them egging each other on. Definitely. I love that. And a little bit, if people don't know as well. So PJ Morton is an American Grammy award-winning musician. He's a singer, songwriter, record producer. He's um, been involved, I think, with Maroon 5 as a keyboardist as well. And then Yeba is, in her own right, this incredible singer, songwriter, but has been backing vocalists for some incredible artists like Ed Sheeran, uh, Sam Smith, Maverick Sabre. You know, the list goes on. But I think also what's wonderful is she's become a real advocate for men mental health after losing her mum to suicide and there's a a piece of music I'd recommend people listen to called My Mind which she performed on yeah on So Far Sounds and I think you know also a huge shout out for for kind of people like that you know um businesses like So Far Sounds who give people live music in really intimate venues just like you said and it allows people to be really open with music and how they feel about it and I mean that that piece of music and performance is just beautiful um so that's that's just a random reference recommendation from me because I think it's wonderful um absolutely brilliant good recommendation <laughs> too <laughs> yeah definitely and then uh, we're moving on I can't believe we're moving on to your your last choice this is really sad it's gone really quickly um <laughs> so this is your song for tough times and yes. again this this was new to me and I suppose you know I feel a little bit kind of guilty in saying I don't listen to as much of this kind of music um I don't yeah. know why I I feel like sometimes we can get quite narrow in our thinking when we're looking for new music on whatever way we listen to music if it's you know online or whatever but I think it's really good when people suggest these songs to us to listen to so tell me a little bit about you know why this song is is something that gets you through those tough times yeah so you know Leandra Johnson is well known as a gospel singer so straight away when you hear when you hear the song you'll hear in her voice that she is a gospel singer and uh, for me as a Christian turning to to God in tough times is what I do um, and and it's lovely. You can have gospel music transcends all of that. It's a, it's a, um, a music of celebration. It's a music of hope. And um, to hear here with Better Days, it's lovely to actually hear that she, it's not being preachy. It's just saying, you know, at times it's really hard. <laughs> and I think that of all the genres of music and the styles of singing that you can find, Leandra Johnson, the way that she is vocal, this is like, sometimes it's just hard. That's how it, it sounds sometimes, you know, sometimes at the end of a, I think you said the beginning of the first, the second verse, uh, she just like ends a, a word and she's just like, mm, <laughs> kind of just moaning it out. It's like, sometimes it's really hard. And we're feeling that now. Um, things aren't going the way that we planned. I had a plan for this year. It's not going to plan. My friends sometimes don't understand me. My family's not there, you know, all of that. And she's just summed it up so well in this wonderful song. And, um, 
I do listen to it a lot. If any, any times something's not going uh, the way that I'd planned, this comes on. And now uh, my daughter does sing along and she's got all the riffs in there as well. It just makes me smile. (laughs) I love that. That's so nice. Um, And we quote it sometimes. It's like, yes, better days are coming. Don't worry. Better days are coming. And I think you're right. You know, you mentioned obviously, yeah, she clearly has such a strong faith and, and I feel like often as well in ways, you know, we all have our own way of, of believing and we all have our own faith. And I agree with you in the sense that also these, I think these words almost transcend across, you know, all faiths in some way, because it's been made into words that are just very simple. Like you say, you know, some of the lyrics, sometimes it feels cold and you feel all alone, but hold on, better days are coming. And, And I feel like we can all feel that right now. It is now. for everyone. It is honestly exactly. for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I always talk about as well, you know, when we're talking about um, music, religious music as well, the spaces that they can be performed in often yeah. lend themselves so well to the music. And yeah. if it's, you know, music that's written in a devotional way, I think those spaces, those churches or cathedrals, wonderful spaces that we actually have so many of as well in the UK are just mm. so perfect for for music like this that it just rings out and I I think it's it's a really great song actually for us all to to listen to at the moment it's true and it's a moment to actually allow yourself to be vulnerable anytime that you feel that you know things aren't going quite right it's a time when you actually have to let go a little bit and it's it's a bit scary because you think oh gosh who's going to catch me how am I going to be all right but to be vulnerable and to say it's hard and you know during this time as well we speak a lot about mental health and supporting each other and you have to be vulnerable in order to get to that emotion um, and to, to know that it's okay to say, I'm finding this quite tricky or I'm not liking this. This isn't working well for me or I'm struggling. It's a hard thing to say, but actually to know that there's a safe space to do so. And I find that music is, is a wonderful place to do that uh, and to allow yourself just to feel those emotions, process it and then move on. Absolutely. I say that all the time. It's just music allows us to be in that place and, and be with that emotion and and kind of let go and feel like it's okay. And I think also so often, you know, the moment you share that with someone or close to you or even a stranger, so mm. often they'll come back and be supportive or say, yeah. I feel the same I way. I feel the same, yeah. I get it, yeah. And that, that can be all you need sometimes, just that door opening to be able to then go, oh, I don't feel like there's quite so much weight on my shoulders now. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, and let's have a little listen then to some of this track. So this is Better Days by Leandria Johnson. We'll leave you all by yourself, but don't cry, because better days are coming. Good. Oh, the backing vocals that are so good. Yeah, friends. Oh, I love um, it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't realize this competition existed called Sunday Best, which is she won that. Oh, it was yes. a season three of the gospel singing competition, and how cool that there is a competition like that as well. So if you feel you've got that strength and that that faith as well that you follow, you can actually go and perform something like that. And she's had an incredible career, you know, since that point, won a Grammy Award, and I just think it's great that there are opportunities out there for for all of us you know who are looking to to have a career in music it's wonderful 
Exactly that. And, you know, that was hosted by by Kirk Franklin as well. And oh, some of the voices that come across that stage are just amazing. Um, it's, it's such a lovely genre because they really just give everything, you know, you can hear it in their voice that they've just pushed through and pushed out some of those emotions that we're all feeling. Um, and it can move you to tears sometimes. It's beautiful. Definitely. And actually, it's a really nice way to move on to um, my suggestion of a song for you. So at the end of the podcast, I suggest a piece of music for you yeah, to have a listen to. And this is, um, well, I feel like, you know, throughout our kind of chat today, you've chosen some really unique and powerful voices, just like we've talked about um, with Better Days. And so I've chosen something that I couldn't kind of get the rock and Latin genre in there too, but I do feel like <laughs> <Nice. this is laughs> but this lady does sing. Uh, she sings one of the leading roles in the movie Sing, um, so similar to Tori Kelly. And in fact, they sing a duet, Hallelujah, together. Um, and it's the wonderful Jennifer Hudson. And I feel like she's someone, yeah, she's someone who sings with such passion and belief. And I also feel like I know she's world renowned, but I still feel like she has so much more to give as well. I feel like she's got one of these careers that just will keep going. And it's got that big band sound behind her. And also, like we talked about, this is a live performance. So this is not a studio recording. It's her singing live. A change is going to come. And I just, it's just beautiful. It's been sung by, you know, Aretha Franklin, Otis Redding, Sam Kick, all of the greats and recorded for the first time in 19. 64 but this version is my absolute favorite so we'll have a little listen to it and i hope you enjoy it Stunning. Oh, <laughs> great choice. Great choice. I remember seeing her perform this. And um, it's also in that delivery, you know, she commits every single word. Uh, she's a beautiful performer. Definitely. And I, I feel like, have you ever performed that with the saxophone, that piece of music? I haven't, you know, no. Um, it would be a lovely one, actually, now you say it. It would I be beautiful. Like- I just feel like when you perform, there's so much, I don't know, just sort of honesty and soul in the way that you play. This would be absolutely incredible. That's just I off the top of my head now. That. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to go and play that today. I love yeah. that. That's a gesture. <laughs> Well, I feel, and also, you know, it's nice to feel like, you know, playing a piece of music like that as well. Again, like we were talking about with Andrea Johnson, you know, the words are just so powerful and they're as true, you know, now as they were back then in the 1960s. I think that we still, we still believe music can be that kind of source for change and have a message and, and be powerful. And and I think it's so wonderful what you're doing in terms of educating younger minds with music as well. It's so exciting. And I just, I'm, I'm so grateful for your time today. So thank Thank you so, oh, so no. much, Alanda. Thank you so much for having me. It's so lovely to, to be here to speak to you and catch up with you since you've been on the band jam. And um, no, I'm so passionate about music. It really is powerful. And there's lots of exciting projects to come uh, next year just to keep people engaged. And um, I think especially during this time, let music be just a, a source of uh, an outlet and a source of fun and connection with, uh, with your friends and family. And um, it's been lovely just to, to share these tracks with you. 
I really hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and I'd love to hear about your favorite piece of music. So make sure you pop a comment on Apple reviews with your song choice and the story behind it. I'm going to be reading out some of your stories in an upcoming minisode. Also, we've now put our guest song choices in the show notes. So if you want to hear any of their songs again, you can find them there. Thanks so much, guys, and see you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.